Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the scope. And now, here are your hosts, Jared, Adam, and Shane. everybody welcome to the scope this is a podcast episode 302 the last time we did this show was when jared reply all still existed december 2020 wow right so before the holidays wasn't so it? hey our first show of the year very timely yeah, right on top of it we're back it's only may it's only may we made it oh, into q2 Q- I, have, I have a question is is the vaccine show a separate show or part of this show. It's a part of That's the show. Edited, edited show. Edited well, in. Gotcha. At some point, at some point, we will talk to someone who knows something about vaccines. There you go. Yeah, we've got a big show coming up. It's our all vaccine show. Um, the biggest news of all, I believe, the three of between the three of us, we've got six shots of vaccine into our bloodstream. Is that true, Adam? Can you confirm? We got no no J and Js up in this. No, no. J and Js. No. Um, fi- yeah, fi- Pfizer guy. As of yeah, me too. Pfizer, Pfizer bros. Are house. you Pfizer as well? All three wow. of us Pfizer. The entire so. squad is Pfizer based. No side effects for this guy. Either, either shot, you felt good? Yeah, but that means I have a bad immune response, so I'm probably dying. So you've probably got like two cells of immunity and that's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, so are what you... Are we, uh, what are we drinking there? Mm. Just some bourbon. Oh, What kind though? I mean, you got to elaborate. I thought oh, it was high the bourbon man over here. It is. It is whatever... Uh, was the first thing I pulled out of the cabinet before my mom gets here tomorrow night. So I don't know what it was. It okay. was in a black bottle. It was okay. a uh, <laughs> it was a Jack Daniels of some sort, but it okay. was not a normal bottle of Jack. You so. know, Jack Daniels is a, a Tennessee whiskey. Yeah. That's true. It's, it's not bourbon. You're right. Bourbon. Yes, right. On our right. spring not, break, not, I, on our spring break, Kentucky. I drove down the bourbon corridor in Kentucky. Did you? Mm-hmm. I did a did lot. You stop at any. We hell no, we didn't stop any. We we stopped at the place that we were stopping at, which was a isolated cabin in the in the foothills of uh, North Carolina. That's what we. Did. Um, you know the North funny Carolina. thing about the, the bourbon corridor is most of those counties are dry counties. Yeah, it's so so bizarre. They have a very weird relationship with the alcohol there. Yes. Um, so hey, let me let me flip back to the vaccines. Adam, you're completely vac- vaccinated. You you're past your 14 days. Yeah, past second yeah. dose. Uh, tax that or. April 15th was April, my, uh, Wow, my early. Notes. So so I am a week from tomorrow as of this recording and Jared is a week from Friday. So we've got about Correct. we've got about uh 8 to 9 days left and then the party starts, Jared. It starts. I'm more I've already got I'm, I'm steam steam fitting my jorts to really get <laughs> out there and hit the town. What so, uh, what movie are we all going to see in the movie theater first? We were just talking about that in our house. Uh, my daughter if, was. If it happens, probably Black Widow. My daughter was begging me, um, "Quiet Place 2. She loves that movie. When is that coming out? Um, oh, wait, hey, wait. There's a different part of the show where we talk about okay. things that are all coming right. soon. But if you really want to know, uh, it's May 21st. So okay. right around the corner. I don't know. I don't know if I'll if I'll mentally be ready for Black Widow. We'll have to see. But um, I guess that leads into my next question, Adam. Have you done anything? Uh, you know, that resembles normal life now that you're fully vaccinated. Have you gone to a restaurant or done anything like that? No, because it's like, who am I going to go with? Right. Um, 
I mean, Mandy got hers. She's mm-hmm. I th- maybe she got hers last Thursday. So yeah, she still has a, a few. A She's few. Same as me. She has a week to go. Um, we went to Como Zoo. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like normal in some ways, but it's like you have to go um, at your designated time. You're not supposed to stay there for more than two hours, mm-hmm. which with a two and a half year old, he's just like next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing. So you, you can't stay there for more than 30 minutes anyway. Um, we're going to the big zoo when my mom's Ooh, in town. So that'll zoo. be normal thing. Kind of so, sort of normal. And your mom's That's fully vaccinated. It. I assume she's, Oh yeah. She's, she's yeah. been on that train for a while. OG over there. Oh, I know. That's such an exciting thing. Yeah. Jared, a uh, question. Yeah. Yeah. Once we are fully vaccinated, yeah. and you know, my house, we've got three people in the house and we're all, we will all be fully vaccinated. Will we, will I be allowed to record the scope in your basement if I ask? I don't know. We'll see. Oh, well, that's the not. World, the world has changed. <laughs> Probably. It's. If we want to, to do like, that. Yeah, I know. I just have to like. It's a logistical problem okay. now because that that table's been packed away and in, in hiding back in the corner there for a while. I have to figure out how to get everything uh, set up right. and, and running again. That's the trick. Scientifically, a, though, you're okay with it. Scientifically, I'm fine with it. Okay, I'm not like I, like I told you today. Uh, our friend Romeo is already making plans for me, uh, spring me from this uh, chicken coop that I've been living in. <laughs> no, I'm just, just going to go over to his house and watch a movie. Nothing, no big deal. But you know. Some semblance of normalcy, some uh, reminder of the before times. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, and I don't know, Adam, your life during this pandemic, but I feel like I don't want your Jared for sure has been the most buttoned down out of anybody that I know, with the exception of a friend of the show, Al, music Al, music critic Al. But uh, I'm excited to see see Jared get out of the house, go into other people's houses, have some fun, get a haircut. I don't, the haircut I'm excited for. I am. I'm trying to decide what to do with it now that I've grown the, this this mane. I haven't had a haircut since like August last year. Like, what uh, do I just do? What I did before, or like, I got there's a, a world of possibilities here. What do I do? That's Jared, what I'm your so hair not. is as close as it has ever been since I met you at the same time yeah. in 1992. Your hair is very similar to that. That length. Yep. Yep. So it is. This is. It's yep. like the world just comes at you very quickly and. In a time travel sort of fashion. Well, my hair grows fast, but now I'm like, okay, what do I do with this? Can I, can I, can I work with a little bit? You longer? can. You find a stylist yeah. and you say, shape me. That's what I know. Like, so if anyone knows, like a, like a, like a someone out there who's like specializing in like post COVID hair uh, glam ups, I don't know. <laughs> Send me a number. Post COVID hair glam ups. You know, there's okay. I'm sure they're all probably all stylists are doing that, but you know, it's like. It's got to be a cottage industry, right? People who have emerged from quarantine for after, you know, nine, ten months of not having a haircut. Right. And they're like, what do I do? Well, what can I do my Tell stylist me, guide is, me. My stylist would love to take you on. I'm sure if you need, if you need an insider too. I think your stylist is busy all the time though, isn't no, it? No, I think she is could fit he, you. She, 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 yeah. she could fit all you right. for sure. Give me uh give me them numbers. I will. I'll pass. I'll pass on the digits right. to you. Um, quick question, Adam, any, uh, any vacation plans coming up in the summer? Uh, Still sticking. We'll just go to Manny's parents. Yeah, you know, in Alexandria. And that's um, it. Yeah, um, we were talking to my, my mom and and my brothers and their families go to uh, Virginia Beach every Labor Labor Day, but we're not going to fly to Virginia. Um, 
with a two and a half year old. Yeah. So that in itself is a pain in the ass, but you do yeah, it. Well, yeah. And you got to keep a mask on them the entire right. time. It's like, that's just not impossible. So we'll start to approach normal life, but you know, we'll, we'll dip our, we'll dip our toes in the water first. Right. We're not going to get too crazy. I really haven't done anything, but as an introvert, I've sort of enjoyed my time alone. Are you just saying that? I gotta be man. No, I'm not. I've actually sort of enjoyed it. Like I, 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 I've, I've enjoyed the lack of obligation to have to go places. Not to say that I won't accept obligation going forward, but the lack of it has been enjoyable. It's really uh, playing on your your deepest fears, Jared, and your your not your deepest fears, like your 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 basis nature of being alone. Right. Sure. But we need to get you out there. You, I mean, I haven't been truly alone. I've have, obviously Angela's been here too. So. Well, I mean, you know, what good is she? We get about? we we get along, so that's good. But you know, it's like if I stay home on the weekend and watch a bunch of streaming programs. Well, guess what? That's been fine. You do that. All the, you did that before I COVID. Come on. I know, but now I don't have to feel guilty about it because it's <laughs> like, what it's all about. Like the pressing guilt on your, in your certain, soul. Uh, release a certain joy in that. Come on. And I'm sort of, uh, I, I would be lying if I were not, uh, mourning the end of that a little bit. Well, okay. the thing is, here's the thing. You're your own man. You can do what you want to do. You don't have children. But you are going to come over to our house and at least sit on the sit on the back steps and have a delicious drink and chill out. Angela's already trying to schedule time with you, so okay, good. Get that, get the calendar out, pencil us in. We're coming over. Done, Adam. No calls to no. you yet, but all right, I'll, I'll manage. I, you'll be okay, I'm sure. Get any X-wing tournaments in your future, Adam? Yeah, just doing a bunch online. So yeah, That's are they going to resume in person anytime soon? Has that changed um, forever, do you think? Like, the I don't way know. people I mean, do that? Well, no, because it's, so, it's, you know, so I don't know if you guys are familiar with Tabletop Simulator, but uh, it's all done through a very uh, highly polished uh, mod of, of that game. Or, mm-hmm. yeah, of that. It's a, Steam, it's a Steam thing that basically lots of publishers have actual deals with, but this one is not um, official by any means. Um, gotcha. And I think the publisher of the game just turns a you know turns a blind eye to it because it keeps interest in the game right now but mm-hmm. organized play um has said they're not um doaing anything for the remainder of this year so uh there won't the be the entire any. year wow yeah um the the game did change hands also so it's not um owned by fantasy flight oh really anymore. Who, who took it over uh, atomic mass games they're based in seattle it's they're still an asmodee um uh brand or, or whatever um but uh it's not fantasy flight anymore which means worlds will not be here anymore which is mm. a huge bummer yeah that's terrible <laughs> i'm not going mm. to seattle for a game that i'm mediocre in uh <laughs> to go to participate in worlds i you know that's that's something maybe I you would do. go there for the coffee and legal weed yeah sure yeah maybe by the time that weed is legal here um it'll be uh <laughs> then then i'll be having a, a different I don't know, idea of it. Well, that might be the biggest tragedy to come out of COVID. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that was in play before COVID. Yeah. I would I would guess, but uh it, it hurt. I mean, that and the video game podcast that I like the most, um, they yeah. they Bre- got bought by Breaking bought News, by, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, you, you heard about the giant giant bomb stuff? Yeah, I was trying to find out yeah. information about it, but uh, we could talk after we can talk offline about that. Okay. 
But I didn't yeah. know that you were what you were familiar. I'm familiar with it. I don't listen to it, but I I pay attention to enough video game news where it was actually quite a story, and I was trying to figure out why it was happening. And yeah. it seems like a bummer. Seems like it's going to be part of a sea change in in video game coverage and my goodness, and what yeah. what things are going to be going forward. So I was yeah, I, I was that that was between podcasts and videos, maybe six hours a wow. week. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's like, that was also during a time where I had a commute. And yeah. so it's like, yep. just, you know, I'm sure you guys have experienced podcasts are uh, a, a different consumption type yep. right now. Well, guess what? Uh, in a future show, I've got at least two podcasts to recommend that are great for walks or great during work if you can pull it off. So Put a pin in that. We'll talk about. You guys that heard about this reply all? It's just uh, it's burning up the charts. I only listened to the one episode about the QAnon. The only one I listened to. They that they, they had a thing happen, and uh, they did have a thing happen, didn't yeah. they? They tried to have an in-depth report about uh, uh, Bon Appetit, and, uh, you know, and the the underlying racial issues there, and then it turned out there were a lot of underlying racial issues. At Reply All. Oh, no! <laughs> yeah. That's where and, it comes uh, at you very quickly. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Now, now I'm intrigued. My whistle it's is a podcast quitted. about other podcasts now, I guess. Yes. Well, Adam, <laughs> you've always got this podcast to listen to. Never have. Never will. Yeah. They're very good. Uh, 302 same. episodes. I was like, when I saw the number, I was like, season three, episode two? What's yeah, this? That's it. I don't understand. <laughs> Just you're, get the numbering. You're like a, started. You're like a Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep doesn't go back and watch her movies. She Look, lived. We haven't those even movies. introduced Negan yet. Okay. Yeah. That's how young this show is. <laughs> We've got at least another ten years of this. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, listen. Let's uh, let's wrap up this A block. I know we could talk all day long. It's been it's been months since we've been together, but we've got a great show coming up. Uh, we've got. Uh, I wouldn't promise that, but all right. It's gonna. It's a great show. Trust <laughs> okay. me. Uh, All right. A close personal friend of mine uh, who runs a, a website called Voices for Vaccines is going to come on our show and talk about the talk about vaccines. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Karen is an expert in the field, and she will have a lot of insightful, important things to say. I think that it's an interview you don't want to miss. And then following up, that we'll, we'll have coming soon. Adam teased that. There's a lot of pop culture things that are finally starting to appear on the horizon. Uh Vaccines are applied, and that means cool things are out there to watch and and listen to and view, and we will cover them all. So let's take a quick break. We'll be back with more of episode 302, 302 episodes of The Scope right after this. Hey, you guys. Yeah, you listening to the show. You want to support us? You can consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash The Scope Show. You can pledge as little as $1 per episode, set a monthly cap and cancel any time, like many, many people have. But you know what? You're not going to do that. You're going to sign up. You're going to be a subscriber for life. Patreon helps you support creators directly, and your support means we can continue to make this show for you twice a year, at the least. <laughs> Visit patreon.com slash the scope show for more information. Everybody, welcome back to episode two hundred two. Is that correct, Jared? Three hundred two is correct. Yes. I said two hundred two. Three hundred two. I took a hundred off a the top. Credit. Come on, 
It's been so long. It's been far too long, but uh, we decided right out of the gate we're going to have a guest, and she's pretty important as a... If- <laughs> She laughs on the corner. So when our guest for tonight's show knows her way around an inoculation or two, Karen Ernst leads Voices for Vaccines, a group dedicated to helping parents understand the vital importance and safety of vaccinations, while also giving the opportunity for them to speak up about their vaccination choices, to communicate with their legislators, and to act as a resource for their peers. It's my sincere pleasure to welcome Karen, queen of vaccines, and most importantly to both of us, a friend since junior high. That's right. To the scope. Uh, Karen, welcome. The cast of thousands clapping for you. That's, it is a pleasure uh, to have you thousands. here. Thousands. It's like a half dozen. Yeah, half a dozen. It's a, a smattering, but you know, we're still following uh, a cast of fives. Yeah. Thank that's you. Exactly so before we get into this, I just want to sort of plug what where people can kind of find all your information. Uh, Voices for Vaccines has a web presence at voicesforvaccines.org. And their face, Facebook group. Karen also hosts her own podcast, Vax Talk. How, how often do you do that? We only do that once a month. We're not once as, you know, jazzed up as you guys are about. Yeah. This is yeah, our first one of 2021. So <laughs> Yeah, we're <laughs> oh, only. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, then we're ahead of you by five then. Never mind. Go. And, you know, she, Karen also appears in other, other podcasts. Uh, she's sometimes quoted for. In national literature, uh, she might talk to famous people like Chelsea Clinton here and there. I mean, you're nice. kind of a big deal, really. Uh, Look at I her. Don't... She's... <laughs> I'm just me. I'm still just the nerd from East Bloomington. Yeah. No, that's me. You're one <laughs> step above that. Uh, so, like I said, I have a million questions to ask you. And, you know, we've over the years, we sort of talked about what you do, but it also it sort of comes into razor sharp focus when we're actually living in a pandemic. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming that the world and how you do business and how your group operates has changed completely in the past year and a half. But I think it's important to kind of go back to the roots and mm-hmm. figure out and sort of talk about what what was your motivation to start something like this or at least get involved in something in something like this. And right. um, yeah, let's I guess let's start with that. Well, you know, it's a it's a long and weird story, which won't surprise you. Mm-mm. Um, do you remember what I was doing in my previous iteration of adulthood? Uh, I'm not sure it's appropriate to talk about that on this <laughs> podcast, but refer- uh, it's okay. It's okay to tell people that I used to be a high school English teacher. Right, right. It's, it's embarrassing, but it's okay. Uh I was doing that and I was actually on um, a leave of absence with my second baby. Um, It was my older child's fifth birthday. My second baby was 10 days old and we were exposed to chicken pox. And um, the preschool receptionist called me and was upset because she was worried about my baby. When I confronted the other parent, she said, yeah, that vaccine's not important. And I was blown away because I thought it was really important to me. Um, my baby did not get chicken pox, but it was, uh, it, you know, those first few days of a baby's life are scary and horrible in mm. all sorts of ways and add on, like, is this bump here a, a pox mark, you know? Um, so, it was sort of from there that I started seeing more and more vaccine refusal and hesitancy around me 
particularly uh, when it came to the H1N1 swine flu pandemic, our first pandemic together, folks. And then the uh, 2011 measles outbreak in Minneapolis that I just sort of was incensed. I was out of my mind upset that people were on purpose not protecting themselves and their children against diseases. And so, you know, to put it kindly, I started harassing the Minnesota Department of Health. Like I would call them and be (laughs) like, did you know people are actually not vaccinating? And they did know that. Um, But, you know, I was on maternity leave or no, I wasn't on maternity leave then. Sorry. I was still not working at that time. I was a stay at home mom. And so I had all this time to like email and call and try to like get someone to change everyone's mind. I thought, you know, clearly they don't know what's going on. Just tell them that they should vaccinate and they will. Um, I, I guess I bothered them enough that when Ashley Shelby published a piece in the Star Tribune that was about, you know, that there should be consequences to not vaccinating your kids. Um, I read it, read it and I thought, this is a brilliant piece. This woman's wonderful. We should be friends. <laughs> and also she's going to get hate mail. And so I um, tracked her down. Wow, I really sound like a <laughs> scary predator here, but I'm not, I promise. Look, just I, went through her trash a little bit. It's no big deal. <laughs> I tracked her down and I, and I was just like, can we just chat? Like, let's, let's do something. And so we started this Moms Who Vax blog together. And that sort of led us into the whole Voices for Vaccines stuff. She's still, um, she's actually a novelist, so she does a lot of writing. Um, and I am more the day-to-day person. But uh, she's still on board with it. She's a wonderful asset. She has a background in journalism. And I just have a background in being sort of the youngest girl on both sides of my extended family who knows how to annoy people just enough to get what I want. (laughs) So something that I scribbled down a long time ago when I was thinking Mm. of years ago when I was thinking about talking to you about this on our show was should I really dislike Jenny McCarthy? Should she be the person (laughs) that I blame for this? And and. The reason why I say that is because I I didn't really know that there was any sort of movement that would be considered anti-vax. Like there were people out there that were organized and and trying to sort of change the change the game, change change the understanding of what vaccination is and, you know, mm-hmm. hype it up as dangerous and non-scientific and what what have you. So I mean, was that something that you knew about? as you were getting to this or did that surprise you? Like, wow, there's, there are people out there that are, are vehemently against this. And, and I'm hitting some headwind here. That's quite surprising. I was surprised. I just couldn't imagine why, why people would be against preventing diseases or keeping their kids from getting sick. It was, it was unimaginable to me. And the science seemed so, Uh, clear that I didn't get what that was about, but I was particularly shocked at how well organized they were, how single-minded they were and how much money they had. Oh, geez. It's, it's so much money that they can throw into this. Jenny McCarthy. I don't know if she is the person 
to blame necessarily. I mean, some people blame Jenny McCarthy. Some people blame Oprah Winfrey. Sure. But I feel like it's just because they're celebrities. Um, You know, really, the modern anti-vaccine movement is really the um, warped love child of Andrew Wakefield, who was that gastroenterologist out of the UK who was the big grifter who frauded his way into a study that got retracted. And then the other person is a woman named Barbara Lowe Fisher. And she started the, well, she didn't start, but she capitalized on the concerns about the old fashioned pertussis vaccine, the ones that we got as kids Mm -hmm. and sort of turned that into a big part of the anti-vaccine movement after her son um, developed a seizure disorder. So, you know, it's really those two that sort of showed folks how to publicize misinformation, how to use the media, and how to organize people around fear and innuendo. And what they did, the the groundwork that they laid is still seen today in the vaccine disinformation that we see coming out from, you know, the pandemic folks that that had their video last March or even, you know, some of the goofballs that hung around Donald Trump at the end of his term. So um, it's all interconnected. It all comes from that. Uh so yeah, I, I Jenny McCarthy was just a front woman, right. yeah. really. Um, so has the has the anti-vax movement changed since you uh, first started getting into this? I mean, I think the, the obvious answer is yes, but how has it? You know, it's really surprising. I think people would be shocked um, when we were having our kiddos. You were having your daughter, and I was having my first son. Um, people who didn't vaccinate were super outliers. Like mm-hmm. if, if you ran across one in the wild, you'd be shocked. One right? out of every hundred, 150, mm-hmm. 200. I mean, it just one Maybe. kid, one kid in your grade, you know, their parents had an issue with it, something right. like that. And it was probably someone who like was smelly and had crystals everywhere, right? <laughs> like you could spot them a mile away. Um, we call them crunchy. <laughs> <laughs> smelly crystal people, whatever you yeah, want to yeah. call them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like to eat twigs and granola. Well, so that actually, that's precisely it, Jared. He's so (laughs) smart. He's got it. Um, That really, those those crunchy hippies, you know, that um, probably super left leaning. In fact, the anti-vaccine movement used to be called the left's science problem, whereas climate change was the right's science problem. So, you know, if people on either side got upset because of any sort of science style. I'd be like, ah, but anti-vaxxers or climate change. Um, I mean, you can get into the whole horseshoe theory on that one where you get to the extremes and you just start to circle back on each other. So, Well, and that's exactly it. We know, of course, that in the last five years, politics has been turned on its head. And now what we have, just to bring you to the end point, we have now, um, you know, I actually have interns who did an analysis of anti-vaccine people and some of their most liked Facebook pages. And number one was Newsmax. Mm. So these are no longer our smelly, crunchy, hippie crystal bearers. Um, 
but they are actually people who probably own multiple firearms um, and also people who buy into QAnon conspiracy theories. Not to say that everyone who owns a firearm is a QAnon nut, right? Like there are plenty of people I know who are normal people who own, you know, rifles and go hunting. But, um, you know, we're just like if, as you accumulate the things that, that are going on with folks, these these are people who are not anti-vaccine because it fits into a parenting style, but they are anti-vaccine because it fits into their distrust of government and their distrust of expertise and their disdain for expertise. Ex, I'm sorry, their disdain for elitism and education. And so it's it's really quite different. You know, the other thing that we used to say about anti-vaxxers is they were people who were well-educated. They were people who, I always used to say there were people who probably had a law degree and they thought that that made them immunologists. The smartest person in the room. Right. And that's, that's not the case anymore. Um, These are people who, you know, are regular folks, right? Like it could be someone with a degree or it could be someone who, you know, fixes plumbing, you know, just a, a regular person, from the neighborhood. I, I mean, unless you live in like a swanky neighborhood, I don't. Um, and they, and they really dislike people telling them, well, I have all this education and I've studied this all my life. And this is what I can tell you about the science and MRNA, blah, 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 blah. They're like, no way. I don't trust you. It's the government's trying to do something to me. And Bill Gates is trying to put a microchip in me. And I, I don't trust any of you. Um, and so that's really where we've we've come to. It's it's so weird to have worked in this space for so long and done a 180 on the folks that you're trying to um, change. But the other thing is, I think some of those people who were our crunchy types have honestly become a lot more right leaning. I think they've been brought into conspiracy theories all around, including ones having to do with you know, elections being stolen right. or, um, you know, I get a lot of messages in my Facebook folder about um, how I side with pedophiles. I'm pretty sure people think I'm part of the whole like drink baby blood thing. Um, so, you know, it's really, it's such a strange place to be right now. And, and it's, it's a lot grosser. It, it feels muckier to be in this. Um but at the same time, it's nice that we have everyone's attention for a little bit so that we can say, hey, look, disinformation isn't just the, the weird thing that your Uncle Joe does at Thanksgiving. Disinformation kills people. Right. <laughs> where, so being having having been in this space for so long, where do you think this mistrust of of expertise and of science like where where does that come from? Um, because it's sort of it's sort of confusing to me. I mean, I've I've always felt like it kind of started with George Bush too, mm. in the sense that he was sort of the good old boy president that you know you could have a beer with, and you didn't necessarily have to be the Harvard grad to be president. And then I just sort of feel like it tumbled out of control after that. And maybe that's just me, but I, I don't know. It's that's to me, that is the greatest puzzle. Like I'm, I'm not a brain surgeon. I don't want, 
I don't, I'm certainly not going to tell someone how to how to cut open my skull. Why hmm. why do people feel like they know more than individuals that have spent their entire life trying to learn about this stuff? That's such a that's such a great question. And it's really at the crux of probably everything that's wrong right. in our society right now. Yeah. I mean, I think it's multifaceted. I think we can't uh, diminish the effect that the internet has had on people's confidence in knowing things. Um, you know, my husband and I always have a joke where we'll, where we'll be, who is that person who is in the movie with the thing? And I'll say, oh, if only we had some sort of handheld device to look that up on. Right. Um, so people can access information so much more readily. Whereas, you know, back when we were kids, if you wanted to know something, you probably had to ask someone who knew. Mm-hmm. If you want, um, if you want to know who starred in that movie. You'd you could wait. Shane. You could wait twenty years to find out the answer. You just, yeah, right. Yeah, you just be like, I hope someday I learn that. Right. Yeah. I, I think our children would be astounded that we would be like, yeah. I don't know a thing, and I guess I never will. You probably got the movie title wrong because it hasn't been available for 15 exactly years. right. You might go to Blockbuster and walk walk up and down the aisles just to hope to come across it. Yeah. Blockbuster. Um, but you know, I also think that we have to look at this in the lens of our current political situation, all of this is interconnected. And a lot of our politics has to do with grievances. Um, And not to get too thick into it, but, you know, this us versus them mentality really benefits a certain segment of people. And there are people who are hungry for power right now who do well when people are upset with experts. Um, people in the anti-vaccine movement do well when we're ex- upset with experts because they're usually usually selling something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, don't don't vaccinate. Instead, buy this essential oil. Or my favorite was the doctor who sold tanning beds. Um, I mean, just ridiculous stuff that they sell, right? Oh um, but also, you know, uh, if people. trying to figure out how to put this and not be too if people are upset at other people if we're divided um it's it's just so much easier to win our votes so if if rural people are upset with urban people there are multiple things that happen right that that rural vote is easy to capture when the urban people are doing things that you don't like um but also that uh, that that shows in public health because right now we are seeing public health through the lens of they're trying to control us, and now vaccines are part of that too. You know the the hubbub has really been so much about vaccine passports lately. Like they're going to make me prove that I got vaccinated. It's like. No, that's not what's happening. They're just trying to use that as a wedge issue to distract you from the fact that they're underfunding your schools and, you know, still taxing your mom and dad's Social Security Um, or something else. Like, who knows what they don't want to handle? Sorry. Whatever it takes to get there to get the base animated. And the base is animated by grievance. And if the grievance is the government is 
is going to require you to get vaccinated, then that, that's what they'll talk about. Because, yeah, you're right. It distracts them from whatever the real issue is that they don't want them paying attention to. They don't want to do the sticky things that are hard to deal with. So I, I not for nothing, but state houses across the country have had more anti-vaccine legislation in the 2021 session than they had in previous years in my memory. Um, and that's that seems ridiculous. Like what? Like they're really trying to like stop schools from requiring vaccines now. But yes, because now people are upset about the idea about vaccines because it's not seen as a health measure. It's seen as a control measure. Right. A liberty measure. Yeah. Anti-liberty. <laughs> right. <sighs> boy, oh boy. So, so, you know, looking. I'm just a ray of sunshine. Yeah, uh, we're going to get to uh, the end of the interview and we'll have 30 seconds of positivity. I think that'll be the, <laughs> that'll be the goal. But I mean. <laughs> Thank you, Tom Cruise. Um, so, Karen, I'm thinking of sort of about the history of of your time fighting for vaccination. You know, I I I feel like you know you've got that that period prior to the Trump era. So, I feel like for you, things probably changed quite dramatically and quickly, uh, circa 2017 or so. 2015. Yeah. Uh, so leading up to the election, you were already sensing a, a shift in the tides. Right. If you remember the Republican presidential debates when there were, you know, 50 people on stage right. and Donald Trump coming up with mean nicknames for everybody. One of the topics that was really hot during several of those debates was vaccines. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump making the comment that you know, it looks like a something you'd put in a horse and they give too many vaccines at once. And then Ben Carson was like, yeah, that's probably right. I'm a doctor and I'm just going to agree with that. Um, and it be, and it became a huge issue then. But it also became part of, you know, Donald Trump's shtick that that, you know, the the elites hate you and they, you know, they're coming after me, but they're really after you. I'm just in the way kind of thing. And vaccines became tied up in that um, pretty quickly. Um, it, sort, it sort of turned pretty quickly right by in 2015. So by the election in 2016, vaccines were already a liberty issue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how do you, how did that affect you personally? I mean, you being a, a public figure. Um, mm -hmm. How do these people, these these people in the anti-vax and which I mean, we could sort of get into what that actually means of the different segments of anti-vax versus vaccine hesitant versus conspiracy theorists. But I mean, prior to that, did you feel aggression? I mean, were there people I mean, you sort of you sort of mentioned that, uh, you know, you see thing you see things in your inbox and stuff like that. Did that, mm -hmm. I mean, was that something issue before and did it intensify and, and just sort of, how do you deal with that, I guess? Well, I mean, it, I don't, I don't know that if it intensified actually, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I know I'm talking about the crunchy hippies, but they're, they're not nice people either. Right. Um, the, there's mean people all over. That's the bad news. Um, and you know, I just kind of. I dug into my work really is what it was. You know, I, you don't see me like all over Facebook, 
picking arguments with people about vaccines. Yeah. I might ask a question or two or just kind of gently lead people towards something. But people, the anti-vaxxers know who I am because they know what I do and they don't like that. But your average person, if they saw me saying something about vaccines on social media, would would not bat an eye. So I, I don't attract a ton of attention because so much of the work I do is working, you know, training up people to to have these conversations one-on-one or getting people the resources they need to do something effective in their own communities. Um, I, I do work on the Minnesota level legislatively, and that has drawn a lot of ire from people. Uh, every once in a while, if I'm up at the Capitol, I'll be recognized by one of them, which always surprises me. I'm like, how do you even know who I am? That's right. weird. I, it, it is. It's weird because um, I don't I don't know who you are. So wh- what is this beef you have with me at all? Um, I guess, you know, early on, I just really I knew that they that people who don't like me don't like the version of me they have in their head. And that's not really me. Right. Um, and, you know, you knew me in high school. Mm-hmm. I, I really <laughs> didn't. um <laughs> care a lot what other people thought of me i was no. just gonna do my thing yeah and you did and you do um so so things get tough in the trump era mm-hmm. but then early january 2020 rolls around and we start hearing about a mysterious coronavirus related pneumonia in wuhan china mm-hmm. and you know two weeks later the shit hits the fan uh, what are you thinking at that time? Are you thinking, oh no, like are <laughs> we are not prepared for this, or oh, this might be a moment where we as a country and as a world unite to take down something that could have dramatic and very intense uh, impact for everyone. It's not just a childhood vaccination thing, which I know that that's sort of simplifying what you do, but I mean, that in itself is tricky enough, but now we're talking about the entire population and things change. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what do you? Th- <laughs> what was your thought process at that point? Well, I knew that we had gutted a lot of our global health surveillance, yes. and so th- I was concerned about that. I knew that a lot of the success we had with Ebola. Um, was due in part to our willingness to work with partners across the world and to invest in global health. Um, But I also was hopeful at the beginning because I knew a lot of the people, you know, I knew Tony Fauci was at NIH and I knew people who worked at the, um, in the immunization branch and the infectious diseases branches at um, CDC. And I knew locally the people who worked in infectious diseases at Minnesota Department of Health. Um, and MDH in particular, I know they are ace contract, or sorry, they are ace contract. We'll take it out in post. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is, that's why I have Kevin does my editing for me. I'm like, Kevin! <laughs> we um, keep it are- all in. We're lazy. Everything stays. So just be prepared. <laughs> they are ace contact tracers oh my god i'm gonna say that one more time give her an applause just... jared 
<laughs> Ace contact tracers. Blah. Oh, so hard. Um, they've had a lot of practice doing it with our multiple measles outbreaks sure. and also with the tuberculosis outbreaks that we've had in Minnesota that you probably weren't paying attention to. Um, but as it arrived in the United States and I started hearing people talking about not having testing and not having PPE. And I'm talking about February. I was hearing people working in hospitals being like, when are you giving us PPE? How do we, how are, how are we going to test this? Why are you not letting us test this? Where are the assays, you know, that I thought this could be bad. Um, people asked me, they said, how long do you think a lockdown would last? Like maybe four weeks. And I was like, no, <laughs> it's going to be so much longer than that. And it was just so much was unpredictable because we didn't know how infectious it was at that mm. point. Um, I think it was more infectious than people thought but less infectious than people feared. Um, so there was sort, sort of good news, bad news. It honestly could be, have been a lot, lot worse with a nastier virus. And I know people think this was nasty, but honestly, like there are viruses lurking in our ecosystem that if they just changed a little tiny bit and could find their way to humans, it would be a lot worse. And, uh, you know, it'd be like, plague ink bad right. right something to look forward to well, yeah even if we had some of the variants that are out there now at the beginning that would have been so much worse it's true and you know with as much as it's circulating right now it's not a matter of if but a matter of when we get a deadlier variant that can escape um, vaccine detection so i mean we really have to be we really have to be intentional about vaccinating the whole world and continuing to be careful, even if we are vaccinated. Sorry, I'm again, oh ray of sunshine. God. Why no, I did mean, I invite you? I mean, this is insane. <laughs> this is all stuff I've been thinking about, too. I mean, the idea is, is you got to get people vaccinated because you then you reduce the opportunities for the virus to mutate. And if mm -hmm. you can do that, then you reduce your chance of having a even more contagious, more deadly variant popping up or a vaccine resistant variant. So, mm -hmm. yeah, get, getting people vaccinated is the biggest thing we can do. And not just us, the whole world. You're right about right. that. So, And right now, I mean, we've got a variant in Brazil that's killing babies. Um, and God, who knows what's going to come out of India. Um, but mm -hmm. if you want some good news, I'll just try to sprinkle some in here. You can look at Australia and New Zealand as far as places that were able to control this virus so well, even well before there was a vaccine. Or you can look at Israel, which really knocked it out of the park as far as vaccinating people and returning to pretty much normal life. Yeah. So our problem in this country is vaccine just nail it not get it down to the one singular problem <laughs> yes solve it, our problem here i'm gonna i'm gonna put this out there i'm gonna throw it up for karen and she's gonna knock it out of the park um Excellent. vaccine vaccine hesitancy which mm -hmm. means a lot of different things um there's a lot of different groups in that but a lot of the work that you have done prior to this is sort of the the buzziness of what you read about how to change the hearts and minds of people that are hesitant, which involves, you know, listening and having personal conversations and, and relating, relating your story and also having trustworthy experts coming in on those conversations. 
Mm-hmm. But is that how how realistic is something like that to change 30% of of the population that is scared to get this vaccine and then there are large factions within that 30% that absolutely will not get it and you know you'd sort of tie in some of this this conspiracy theory nonsense that that mutated on its own into vaccine hesitancy and and we've got a problem mm-hmm. so what's what do you think is the course of action? Do you think as people, as more people get vaccinated and there's more trust, more trust that uh, folks like us aren't getting sick from our vaccine, that that will bring along enough people to kind of get us to a more stable place? Or is this really going to be a war, a war fought in the trenches? Mm-hmm. Yes, is the answer okay, to your question. Next question. question. Um, <laughs> how terrible was I in high school? Uh, Oh, just the worst. Oh, my gosh. The stories I could tell. Yes. Well, that's next episode. Um, you know, hesitancy is sort of a thing, but it is. a. Oh, where did your friend go? Oh, it's gone. Had to go. <laughs> Adam was. He is know. a QAnon guy. Sorry. He was going to report back to Q. And <laughs> yeah, I found the pedophiles. Okay. <laughs> there they are. No, he's offline. So I don't know where he went. Uh-oh. We'll have to. We'll circle back to him. Yep. Okay, hesitancy is one thing in a sense, but it's also sort of this mishmash of things. So, yes, we're going to have to fight this out in the trenches as far as like everyone has a, a role to play right now. If you have people in your life who are unsure about getting the vaccine, it is your job to talk to them. It is your job to be the person who listens and shows empathy and shares your own experiences and, you know, is willing to be there for however long it takes to help these people find the answers that will help them feel good. But also sometimes hesitancy is just about readiness. It's just, you know, am I ready yet? Like, give me some time to mull this over. Some people just take a little extra time and they're slow adopters, but they are adopters. And so, some of that might just be like, yeah, this is this is kind of a complex system. Do you need help navigating it? Right. Um, and there and there are resources out there in public to do that. But again, that's an all hands on deck thing that if you have people, you know, especially I'm thinking there might be people who are older and not great with technology and don't quite know where to find a vaccine that you can help them um, people who maybe don't have great Internet connections or all these things like Adam. Yeah, like Adam. (laughs) The internet is bad, so that's what happens. Um, But the other thing, and this is is good news, so I'm going to shut up after I say this. The other thing is that some of it really has to do with access. That people will be like, I don't know if I'm going to get a vaccine. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, there's a vaccine right here. And they're like, okay, why not? Right? Right. Like, now that it's in my face, okay. Right? Like, I guess. And then they'll they'll do it. And it still counts as hesitancy because they're not going to seek it out. But if it's right there, it'll be offered to them. So the good news is that we are transitioning. I shouldn't say we. The other folks who actually have to put shots in the arms, right, are transitioning to away from these big mega sites uh, like the Javits Center in New York City, right? Mm-hmm. where Dodger Stadium. Right, where, the, you know, 100 people get their vaccines all at once into pop-up sites so you might have someone with you know a cooler full of vaccines sitting outside walgreens like their girl scout cookies right 
Guys, I got Coors Light and I got that Pfizer. Let's go and party. The mountains are blue and the vaccine is good. It does sound like a party to me. Yeah. Um, Tomorrow morning, you're going to be feeling so hungover. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, or college campuses, you know, when they're going in and out of campus, um, if there's a vaccine right there, you'll get it. Um, People's workplaces, like all sorts of places that we can just have it. And then also, you know, if you see these people you know and love because you work with them lining up to get a shot, you probably are going to go along with it because the truth of the matter is that we often make decisions about health based on what the people we know and love around us do as well. So if there's a lineup of the people that you see and you love them all, uh, you're probably getting in that line. Even if you were like, I don't know if I want a vaccine. You're like, oh, but there's a line and there's Fred and Susie. So I guess I'll get in it. Um, and they're giving cookies away at the end. so Right. Stickers. Yeah. Um, so stickers. it's really, it's all those things. We need to make it accessible. We need to, you know, reach out to people and make sure that they can get the vaccine or get to the vaccine. And we also need to say to people, hey, have, have you gotten your vaccine yet? And if they're like, no, why not? Can you tell me about that? And then just sit back and listen. And if they're like, it, it seems not safe, just be like, hmm, do you, would you be okay if I looked with for answers with you on that? Because I'm curious about that. I want to learn more. I got my vaccine. I'm happy I did. But let's look into this together. And, you know, that's <laughs> I just talked about how bad the democratization of information was. But it, we can use it to our advantage, too. Right. Um, um, I think See, that wasn't terrible. No, that was good. And I, I think that, uh, the COVID vaccine has to be as ubiquitous as a flu, as a f- flu shot. Oh, more. I so. mean, it really, it, we just, as a society, it needs to be as, as commonplace and as, as, as un, unthought worthy, really. I mean, it's something you just do and. And uh, hopefully we can get to that point after after this first uh, this first round of of the initial vaccine and and you know you start talking about how, having to do this every year or you know well we'll we'll see we'll about see. that I I think that that might be a little bit more of a it's possible that could happen oh. where we have to get vaccines every year I'm not convinced that that's a foregone conclusion really? I think there's, there's a lot more data that needs to come in. I mean, I'm at, I mean, I have no idea whether or not it's true, but people are saying it like it's definitely going to happen. And uh, I think that might be priming people in case it does happen. But um, we'll we'll see. Not a foregone conclusion. No. I mean, I, if we if we do, if we continue to do as crappy of a job of simple measures to mitigate the spread, it, it might be that we have to have a yearly COVID shot. Right. Uh, but. I don't know. I always feel like maybe in the end, humanity will pull through. Yeah. Fingers crossed. I mean, yeah. having gone through it, having it annually is not the worst thing in the world. No. <laughs> if, they, I mean, yeah. I guess if I got to get a is, weekly shot, bring it on. I, yeah. you know, I'll take them all. Just it's, it is hard though. But it's so hard to get people to get a flu shot. Now right. you're adding another one on top mm-hmm. of it. I mean, I guess I mean, if you can combine that treatment somehow, but maybe you don't want to get two vaccines at once. Eh. So we have vaccinated approximately 40, 50% of the adult population. That's where we max out every year on flu shots. Yeah. So now it's, so we got to do better. Yeah. We got to get we over that better. hill. So is there, speak, is there, oh, sorry, Jared, how, is there a way to reach the type of person who, who 
is a Fox News viewer, is in-depth in the conservative media. And just tonight, Tucker Carlson says thousands of people are dying from taking vaccines. Unsubstantiated, of course. There's no proof to this. This is just flat out lying. But there's an audience that takes that in every night, internalizes it, and believes it to be true. So how do you, how do you communicate to a person like that who is hesitant to get a vaccine? Um, when we make health decisions, we don't make them based on facts. We like to think we do, mm-hmm. but we really don't. Even those of us who got vaccinated, I'm betting we all have a reason that's actually values-based or emotion-based. You know, like, I'm really sick of lockdown and I will take a vaccine. I'm, I'm like, put me first in line, man. I just want this to be done, right? That's not a fact-based way to make a decision. And that's okay. We don't make any we don't make any health decisions that way. If we did, I would be about 20 pounds lighter, right? Uh so we need to start with that and understand that when people are and it's usually not Fox News as much as it's something like Newsmax or oh, yeah. OANN, right? I mean Tucker Carlson's fringy as it is. And he he's he's way out there. Um but you know, I think your average, like, casual Fox News viewer is still going to get vaccinated, right? Um, we're talking about the people who are more toward the edges, who are really entrenched in it. So we need to speak to their values. You know, what do you value? Do you, you value control? You value, you probably value purity, honestly. You You value freedom. And you value this idea of personal strength, right? And so how does a vaccine play into that, right? A vaccine is a way of taking control back over a virus, right? Um, It's a show of strength because you can handle the vaccine. Um, And it, you know, it shows that you are a person who is free to make this choice, right? We want to make keep people feeling like you are in control over whether or not you get a vaccine. It's your choice. It's up to you. I'm actually naming names of campaigns now. We can do this. <laughs> like these are all but they're they're named that for a reason right, because right. we're really emphasizing like you have to choose whether or not to get a vaccine. You're the one driving this train. It's going into your body. You have control over it. Um And, you know, when people see it that way, I think it's a lot more palatable than when we're like, we can all do this if we come together and it'll feel great. And, you you know, it'll be so happy and it shows community. You know, those are values that are not speaking to a certain segment of people. Yeah, I kind of feel like that's that's kind of what the Biden administration approach is right now is is the whole like, let's do this together. Let's let's get it done type of rah, rah, we can do this, we're Americans type of thing. And I don't, I don't feel like that's the right messaging for right. a good chunk of America. I yeah, mean, most of them aren't, aren't going to listen to him anyway, just because he's a Democratic president and he's illegitimate, obviously. But that's it. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's three, there's three sorts of groups doing different messaging. One is the Biden, the, you know, health and human services that they're doing the we can do this campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is the ad council, actually. So these are the folks who did the Smokey the Bear ads back in the day, right? They're doing the it's up to you. 
So that's really based around personal choice, but it's also based on like the personal things you can reclaim in your life. Um, And then there's another group called Made to Save, and that's working more looking at health equity. So, you know, the vaccine is made to save these moments and those moments, and they're really um, you know, showing diverse sets of people who are choosing vaccinations to save certain parts of their life. So, I mean, I think you'll see, I mean, you're probably being exposed personally to more of the we can do this campaign. Um, just looking at like the shade of your skin um, and making <laughs> assumptions about you as a person. But there you're are other right. cam- there are other campaigns out there that are reaching other audiences. Um, I would say the one in Spanish, but I actually... I'm so terrible at Spanish that it would make you all weep. Well, that's why we would love for you to, to speak those words. Yeah. No. It's not going to happen. So let's talk about, Oh, crickets. Let's talk about the future of America and the world. <laughs> um, let's solve it all. Right. Shane. S- Sleepy Joe says he wants to have 70% of people in America vaccinated by the 4th of July. Is that a reasonable target goal? Yes. Is it going to happen? You know what? It's 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 not it's it's up to everybody to make that happen. I just talked about personal choice and liberty and freedom, but the truth of the matter is that if you want that to happen, if you want to get to and I really I mean 70% is like the minimum, yeah. honestly. If we want to get to that, we need everybody working on it. We're really at that place that you can't just sit back and hope someone else is doing it. That if you know a person who isn't vaccinated, it's your job to help that person get to a place where they're vaccinated or at least if they're saying no to it, they're not spreading misinformation. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's like I'll give you all the minimum. So minimum 70 percent by the 4th of July. And then the other minimum is you talk to everyone and you at least get them to the place where they're not like spouting off nonsense all over the place. Like they're not like little turds along the sidewalk, you know, here's misinformation turds everywhere that like the sidewalk is cleaned up. Um, But, you know, ideally we're getting to like, um, you know, 80, 90% of the adult population at least. Um, And we're also getting to the point where people are saying, okay, I'll go get a vaccine. So, you know, we've got our lower and our high bars. And uh, vaccination of children. When can it. when can we expect the next uh, emergency uh, ACIP? Yeah, that is scheduled on May twelfth, which is next Wednesday. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I have no idea when this is coming out. It's scheduled on May twelfth. May twelfth. Okay. Um. So they will be. I mean, it's got to be approved by the FDA. So they must be counting on it being approved. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's not a hard approval because it's already been shown to be safe and they're phasing it down by ages. Um, so really, they just really need to show that um, there aren't some serious side effects. Like the kids are responding about the same way to it as an adult would. Right. And mm-hmm. it looks like that's what's happening. I mean, I, I would get I mean, I put I tried to put my kid in, in a clinical trial for the vaccine and there were too many people who signed up for it. So let's shows our interest in it at least. That's good. Yeah, exactly. I think that there will be a lot of us who will be rushing our kids to get the vaccine. 
And then we'll probably do the same thing where we'll hit that 50% mark and it'll be like, okay, can we get some more? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think- Florida like eight on floor on age on, on how young they'll go for vaccine? Um, I think they could go down to two months old. Oh, wow. But I think they're going to phase it down. I mean, they really are looking at it from who's spreading the disease. It's primarily sure. people with big bodies. So adults and older teens. Um, and, you know, there are some pretty big 12-year-olds in the world. Right. A lot of them are taller than I am. It's all that um, uh, bovine growth hormone in the milk. <laughs> you know, I had a chemistry professor who um, asked me in college if, or asked all of us if we were afraid of bovine growth hormone. And we were like, yeah, that stuff's terrible. He said, you realize that all cows have it. Otherwise, we just have little itty bitty cows all over the place. I think about that every time someone brings it up. <laughs> so um, do you think there will be other vaccines that will be approved shortly for, for humans under 18? Um, I'm guessing Moderna will be next just because I know that there have been a lot of clinical trials for kids around Moderna. Um, right now, Moderna is just 18 and older. Mm-hmm. Pfizer is 16 and older. So um, I think Moderna tested 12 to 18 or 12 to 17, pardon. Um, so I expect them to be next. Um, I don't expect more different vaccines to be approved in the U.S. anytime soon. Just no because uh, there's no need. And it sounds like um, AstraZeneca is going to different global markets. Um, that's the one that came out of the UK. Um, and it's it's similar to the Johnson & Johnson vaccine in how it's made. Um, and there are, there are a lot of other vaccines, too, that will be more for the global market. But I think that there is some intentionality around what are we giving to what are we making and giving to uh, the US population and what is the best vaccine to ship overseas with um things like how to keep it cold during transport in mind so we here in the US are extremely privileged um just talking about 70% by by July where we've got global hotspots. You've mentioned India, Brazil, um, places in Africa. What is it mm-hmm. going to take to get parity across across the world? How long is that going to take? And are we ever truly going to be out of this until everyone gets a shot at that a shot at the shot? So for your last question, no. Um, <laughs> you know, we're not going to be out of it until everyone can get the shot. Like we really have to understand that global pandemics aren't resolved until they're resolved globally. Seems Um, reasonable. Right. I mean, it's, it's the same thing that was true about polio or even measles, you know, and by the way, I do expect there to be um, quite a number of measles outbreaks in 2022. So that's just, I'm putting on a prediction. Something to look forward to. Thanks. (laughs) You got to you got to have more, you know, can't just focus on one disease. We have to have lots of outbreaks. Um, it, not to mention that there are large swaths of children who didn't get their HPV vaccines. So we're probably going to be seeing, um, you know, in about 10 or 15 years, a whole bunch of people who are getting cervical cancers and fun cancers like penile cancers and mm. anal cancers, all the things that people really love to talk about on podcasts. Mm. So, um 
So that's something. <laughs> I mean, to we look talked about them last well. time, so we probably don't want to go yeah. over it again. Yeah. But you know, I don't want to be redundant. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, there there have been um, uh, some developments around um, opening up vaccine patents globally so that it's easier for other countries to make the vaccines. Um, and I shouldn't say it's that's not easy. Making vaccines is super complicated because vaccines are both a biological and a pharmaceutical. And because we give vaccines to healthy people instead of sick people, the standard of safety is way, way higher. And so also, you know, the controls in the factories that make them are also really strict and building out a factory overseas in India or in, you know, uh, Kenya um, is complicated. Um, it's actually probably easier to make the vaccines in, in China and ship them from there. Um, but uh, there are a lot of considerations, but that's a step that was just taken that will make things a little bit easier. And there is a push by people who are very, um, well-connected to remind people that this is global. So I, I, I'm cautiously optimistic that we can do that. Um, I do think that is another case where you can't just, you know, look at your own yard and say, well, we're all fine here, so it's all fine, yeah. that we really do have to take into consideration. And just, you know, to put the image in people's heads of, Babies are dying of COVID right now in Brazil. People in India are, you know, taking their loved ones from hospital to hospital to hospital, finding hospital beds 90 miles away. And, you know, their family members are dying in the car ride there because they've gone to so many hospitals. You know, hospitals in India are running out of oxygen and then they'll 23 people will die in in their intensive care units. So, you know, it, it, when we think about this being a global problem, it's not just about how it's going to affect us, but th there are people in the world really, really suffering. And it's really, you know, they're there, but for the grace of God, go we, you know, that that could have been the United States. We were moments away from that being South Dakota or New York. So um, we really need to take that into consideration, too. Sorry, that That's was a, also a bummer. Well, yeah, you hear stories about how some some of the the poorer countries may not even have vaccine access till twenty twenty three. Like mm -hmm. that just puts it all in perspective that the the global effort needs to be stepped up, or we're never going to get out of this. We do have um, we do have some fortunate uh, we we do have some fortune on our side with that, especially around the fact that we have been really pushing to vaccinate the world against polio and measles and rubella. And so we have systems in place and people in place who know how to get vaccines to the very remotest places on earth. Um, so we're not starting from scratch. That's, That's the good. good news. The key is to have the vaccines available for those systems to be able to distribute. Exactly. So what can we do on a local level to help. I mean, you've talked about, you've talked about some things, but let's really end this with a positive punch. Give us the spiel. What can mm -hmm. we do with our families? What can we do with strangers to help with the, with spreading the word about vaccination being the one thing we need to do to get out of this problem? 
I wish I had well, a positive punch sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> Pew! <laughs> Record that. <laughs> if you use that again. Oh my gosh, I'm trademarking that. TM. All right. Um, you know, those the conversations that we have with people in our lives are really important. I'm trying to convince people that vaccines are a polite conversation now. We should just stand around and talk about our vaccine status with people. Um, posting on social media, our, you know, vaccine selfies are also super important. I, I really have to tell you that they actually do make a difference as far as spreading enthusiasm around getting the vaccine and, you know, starting to make your, your list of things that you want to get back to and sharing them with people being like, you know, I'm X days away from full immunity and I can't wait to, you know, do this. Um, Hey, I'm fully vaccinated. When are you fully vaccinated? Let's see each other in person, right? Although there are probably a lot of people who never stopped seeing each other in person. Um, but I also really want to encourage people to get in touch with their lawmakers. Start with your state lawmakers. So those are the people at your state capitol in Minnesota. That's St. Paul, right? In, in Illinois, it's Springfield, New York, it's Albany, right? The people who go to the Capitol there and make your laws, get in touch with them and just say to them, hey, listen, the vaccines are important. You know, make sure that you're making science-based policies around vaccines, especially if you live in the suburbs or a little further out from the suburbs. Those are the lawmakers that really need a shot in the arm mm -hmm. when it comes to... <laughs> Sorry, vaccine policy. <laughs> Your oh, one and, and only then... appearance on the show after that comment. <laughs> and then um, we also want to get, you know, get in touch with our U.S. senators and our U.S. Congress people to really emphasize the idea of fully funding public health and global health, getting those rates back up. We need to have that global surveillance back to where it was right after the Ebola um, outbreaks overseas. You know, we could have had a lot more Ebola in the United States, except that we did a really good job of helping people in Sierra Leone and Liberia and DRC in controlling those outbreaks. Um, so, you know, really, I, I really want to encourage people to take that sort of political action. It's a lot easier than you think it is. Um, write an email if you want to, but a phone call is always better than an email. And the nice thing about a phone call is it doesn't have to be perfectly worded. You're just like, I like vaccines. I'm a constituent. That's all. Yeah. Hang they up. just, you just, people don't always understand that, that, that there are staffers who just take these calls and they're just, they're basically just logging interest in issues. Exactly. And it doesn't need to be like a, an art, a, a perfectly articulated argument in favor of something. It just needs to be like, I'm a constituent, just like you said, and I'm interested in this issue. And then it will be logged. And then hopefully your Congress critter will respond to that. But just as long as you say vaccines are good, because if you're just like, I'm interested in vaccines, they'll be like, True. oh, vaccine <laughs> passports. Be a little bit more articulate, but it doesn't have to be perfect, as you said. Exactly. I would love a passport with a hologram. Um, some sort of foil embossed, uh, whatever it takes, anything that makes me feel special. So See, I want a vaccine stickers. Yes. Right? A vaccine multipass. There yeah. you go. Just give, multipass. gets me right to the front of the line, you know? Mm -hmm. Bring it on. Wild thing, I'm number one rider. That's all I know. 
Because I've got so my back in, right. in high school, Shane used to sit in the back of world studies hmm. and he and Aaron Clapp would just like like the two guys on the Muppet Show in the Falcon. <laughs> Statler and just, Waldorf, yep. Yeah, just like chat at each other. <laughs> and Kim Franchek and I would be like, would you guys shut up? Yep. Mr. Bjork is so quiet and we yep. can't hear him. You secretly loved it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> you secretly loved it. <sighs> Probably. Probably. Well, Karen, listen, uh, we, I'd, I'd be making a big mistake if I didn't again plug what you do. It's voicesforvaccines.org. Check her out on Facebook. Do you have an? Are you an Insta person? Do you have all that stuff? We have Instagram. We even have Telegram. Wow. Hey, look at you, uh, carrier pigeon, perhaps uh, for the people that are not as good. That's right, banging coconuts together. Oh, the whole thing. I love Whatever that. Whatever it takes to get the word out. Exactly. She's she's uh, the host of Vax Talk. It's another podcast. Uh, she has these type of conversations that we have right now, but with way smarter people. And I'm sure that uh, you'd rather listen to them talk about it than listen to me sort of blather on. So that is pretty exciting. I don't know. You and Chelsea Clinton are equal in my eyes, Shane. Uh, I, you know what? That is the third time I've heard that today. And I appreciate uh-huh. that. It gets old. It does get old. It does. I mean, yeah, I'm, does. I'm immune to it at this point, <laughs> along with COVID. Uh, Karen, you are, a, <laughs> you are a treasure. We loved having you on the program. Uh, you can absolutely come back and do trivia contests. You could talk about me. I could talk about you. It is. We fantastic. should talk about movies next time. We'll do it. Movies. We have talked about a movie or two on this podcast. That is that is the I truth. What made me think of it? Fantastic. Well, uh, let's wrap this up. We'll be back with more of episode three hundred and two. Three hundred and two. We've done three hundred and two episodes of the scope. Right after this. Thanks, Karen. Look out for the laser! It's the scope. Under the under the scope. Hey everybody, it is indeed under the scope, and guess what? That means coming soon. Miss Elizabeth. Miss Elizabeth, named after the Macho whoa, Man. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> She's out. She did not want to be on my lap. Uh, yes, coming soon, Adam. This is all you, is it not? Mm, I guess. Oh, I hope so. Um, remember how they renamed Fox Sports Network to Bally Sports Network or whatever? Yeah, weren't, they, weren't they bought? Yeah, but it's like Bally's is Bally Total Fitness, yeah, right? That, like, that doesn't make any sense at all, does it? <laughs> Seems strange. All right. Coming soon. Um, how about some movies? Yeah. Probably stream I love most movies. of these. We've got Wrath of Man. Not I Wrath of Man, is. Matt. Wrath of Man. Man. This is the Guy Ritchie uh, mm. movie with uh, Jason Satham. Another one of these. So okay. it's like a punch em up or what? I can read the uh, uh, things here. H, a cold, mysterious stranger, is hired by a cash truck company responsible for moving hundreds of millions of dollars around Los Angeles each week. And then, I don't know, some other things happen. Someone gets robbed, someone blah, blah, blah. Jason shaves his head again, keeps it, keeps the, the bump, the hair bumps minimal and punches the face. A lot. Yep. (laughs) We've got mainstream. This is a, a, I think maybe the first movie by Gia Coppola. Uh, She's the granddaughter of Francis Ford Coppola. Cottage industry. Those Coppola. Uh, Yeah. Andrew Garfield and Johnny Knoxville are in it. And uh, so is Jason Schwartzman. Known Coppola. Yeah, we Jason love Short. Jason. Yeah. Isn't Post Malone in it too? Oh, I didn't know. A I'm of, seeing a, of, a ra- I'm seeing a clip on YouTube, Jason Statham versus Post Malone scene. 
Whoa. Um, here today is a Billy Crystal movie. Like we're not going to do another here. one of these for four or five more months. So how far out should I go with this coming soon? <laughs> yeah, just the next do two weeks, couple weeks, do two weeks, okay. two weeks. Uh, Army of the Dead, which is the Zack Snyder movie uh, about uh, a group of mercenaries plot a heist in Los An- Las Vegas uh, during a zombie outbreak. Limited theatrical this. release, right? And then it will show yeah. up on Netflix. Netflix, yes. I'm excited uh, for this one. Uh, let's see. I think the Woman in cool. the Window. It's an Amy Adams movie uh, based on a book. Agoraphobic psychologist befriends a neighbor across the street from a New York City condo, only to see her life turned upside down when the woman disappears and she suspects foul play. Mm. You know who else um, had their life uh, flipped, turned upside down? <laughs> Carlton. Um, Carl We've got the movie I'm most looking forward to is uh, Spiral. Colon from the Book of Saw. This is yes. A, oh, yeah, that's a Chris <laughs> Rock wow. movie, right? Yeah, Chris Rock and <laughs> Sam Jackson. Uh, it's a Saw spinoff. Uh, Literally, never seen one of those. Not a one. I've never seen a Saw movie either. Adam, is I've it seen worth the first our time? one? Uh, the fir- I mean, I don't know. They're not good, but uh, the first one does have Carrie Elway's in it um, and Danny Glover. So that's yeah. I great. mean, that's a that's a solid cast. I mean, if you're yeah. looking for a film with the two of them in it. Yeah. There they um, are. Finally, That's uh, the one. May 21st, uh, A Quiet Place 2. We talked about that uh, previously. John Krasinski writes and directs that one again. And uh, Cruella, the uh, gritty uh, origin <laughs> story of Emma Stone and it's that, like that the, wig the, yeah. uh, that she It's wears. like a Joker-style uh, telling of the uh, Cruella de Vil yeah. origin. Yeah. The movie we, we've wanted. all been begging for for years, and that they <laughs> I'm sure finally someone listened. I'm sure, yeah, there's an audience that, for it. Yeah, that dumb meme where it's like, no one, not a single soul. Disney, I guess, in this case, that's that's <laughs> they, 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 they've done the market research. They know what it'll sell. Uh, May seventh, uh, music. Sorry, music. Uh, music. So we've got albums by from Sofjan Stevens, Mighty Mighty Boston's New Order, Weezer. Oh, wait, wait, wait. The Boston's, yeah. Oh, the mighty, mighty Boston's. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, Jared. Maybe you could go get your haircut and then swing by a music store and pick up a brand new I, spanking CD of the mighty, mighty Boston's. I can't get my haircut because Weezer's gonna drop Van Weezer, and I need long hair. For oh, that. right. So maybe you just like frost the tips. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, guys, the Wizards have missed five uh, free throws in the last minute 30 of this game this is they don't want to win <laughs> um let's see more music uh oh yeah also there was like a lot of albums dropping and i did not recognize most of the bands but that doesn't mean like they you know what that means you know you're big. getting old yes. oh definitely i was like i recognize this who's this the new order oh good they were around before i was born so <laughs> um there's also the following week uh the black keys and saint vincent also have uh, saint vincent eagerly anticipated album Mm -hmm. yeah great appearance Uh, on saturday night live yeah Yeah. angela watched that and didn't have she's like i don't what what's what is this i don't get it i like her jacket i'm digging this i'm kind of liking this yeah i thought it was good it's a good time yeah had a jacket that just said daddy on it i don't know yeah Mm, i like your I like your gimmick. Mm, uh, speaking of you. giant bomb, who's excited for Elon Musk? Oh mm. uh, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> a- uh, Annie, uh, what's her last name? Oakley. Uh, no, Saint <laughs> Vincent. Um, uh, Annie, whatever her name is. Annie Clark. 
uh, is St. Vincent. Um, the, one of yes. the people that was on Giant Bomb had a running segment called Fortnite with St. Vincent, where she just kept playing Fortnite, waiting for St. Vincent to eventually come on with her. Um, like she was just trying to like will it into existence. And on the last episode of it, Annie Clark joined and played Fortnite with her. It actually happened. Ah, you put oh, yeah. positive thoughts that's into the world and suddenly amazing. it comes back on you, yep. folks. Yep. That's amazing. Yep. Don't stop um, believing. Get your goddamn vaccine. <laughs> yeah, that's all because of the vaccine. Uh, finally, video games. Uh, speaking of uh, May, uh, this week we have uh, the new Resident Evil game, Resident Evil Village. Is that with the tall, the, the real tall woman? The mm-hmm. very tall vampire lady, yep. Um, certain segments of the internet vary into her. Right. Um, Reviews for it just started popping today for mm-hmm. that game. Yeah. Uh, I've never enjoyed a, one of those games. I've, I've you know, played not a one of no. them, and I've always said, no, I don't, this isn't fun. Um, let's see. They repackaged up the first three Mass Effect games. So the Mass Effect Legendary Edition comes out in May. I have no interest in that. Um, because you don't want to play another. 100 hours of uh, of game right at least you know you three of those games i mean and i'll never be done with video games it'll just be yeah. those things for my entire life speaking of your entire life in june ghosts and goblins resurrection oh my god uh, I, I can't even make it out. past half the first level those games are so hard no one can um well the thing is I, you get to the end you gotta start over I, I watched a, a preview uh, of this, uh, a video of someone playing it, and it's re- it's just a remake, and still just bu- you know a bullshit hard game. Right. So. I get anxiety just watching videos of like old versions of that game on like yep. retro video game channels. Like I, I can't deal yep. with this. I was terrible at it when my reflexes were as fast as lightning. No. Now it I would know. be it'd be a disaster. I mean, ninety yep. percent of the game you run around in your underwear. That's no fun. Right. That's well, wouldn't say no fun. You know. I'd be, I guess. With your javelin? You throw your javelin? Exactly. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Uh, We've also got a new Ratchet and Clank game, a PS5 exclusive. Very few of those. So that's something. If uh, you got any PS5 owners out there, like myself. Just put the cheat code Um, in, and they're in their underwear. Surprise! And then uh, Mario Golf Super Rush. That's intriguing, that game. Uh, Hey, no 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 underwear mode in that one. Sorry. None. Uh, a surprisingly fun game that I hundred percented last week. Yeah. The, the the Jaws in. the Jaws inspired game Man Eater. So I, it's it's free, uh, right? It was a PSN game last last mm-hmm. uh, PS Plus game last uh, month, mm-hmm. maybe two months ago. I don't like it, but oh. uh, I'm glad that I'm glad you do. Once once you sort of get past the first hump of it, uh, as you start growing as a shark, I find yeah. I found it to be mindless fun in a way that uh, didn't require a a lot of effort, and you got to destroy boats and eat people. What What more do you want? I don't know. Thank Again, you. that's fun, but uh, I'm glad you Yowzer. Yowzer. Okay. Is that it, Adam? Tough crowd. Tough crowd. Tough crowd. That's it. We don't, we don't do home videos anymore because every, they're all Everything's home videos home video. now. Yeah, it's we, all home video. It's all right into your home. And we've been on this, on this ship so long, physical media is turned into nothing burger. What do you do with your uh, Simpsons uh, season uh, things? You still? Um, I have been in an active, uh, an active pattern of replacing all of my old DVDs digitally. So eventually, the hope would be either it's repl- I have a digital version of it, or I just donate it because I'll never watch it. So what a waste and of money! You can, you can watch it all on Disney Plus, right? And I can watch it all on Disney Plus. <sighs> 
But you don't own it, Shane. I don't. You don't own it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the lawsuits say. We will see. All right, Jared, let's wrap it up and head into the home stretch. Under the scope. Well, I mean, it's been six months. We must have oodles of letters. <laughs> so, I got one of those periodic emails from Google Voice. Oh, yeah? Where it says, um, we're going to discontinue your number because there hasn't been any activity. So... That's when I uh, I fire up two sessions, one for my personal Google Voice and one for the Scope Google Voice, and have a little convo back and forth, just me and other me, aka Scope Show McGee, <laughs> just to keep it alive. That's what happens. We're back now. I mean, people. We're back. <laughs> just the other day, a friend of mine asked me. She said, "When are you guys doing another show?" I'm listening to your most recent episode, and I'm like. Wasn't that Christmas? <laughs> yeah. She's like, yeah, but I was enjoying myself. So Look, hey. we went through we went through an uncertain transition of power. There was an insurrection. Yeah. Uh, there was the, you know, just skyrocketing COVID numbers. It was really a, it was a really rough time to really try to focus and make compelling content. Right. I, I wasn't in the mood to That's talk to about. That's to say that we've always made compelling content and now we can't. But as as the people are being speared with American flags, I don't want to be doing a podcast about my top five uh, animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle moments. You know, I mean, how do you turn down sentient? You know, uh, there's a lot of stuff there. You need your full focus to cut it down to just the five best. It's too much. Otherwise, it's going to be chaos, folks. You like what we're doing here at the show, and you want to keep us informed of that opinion. Reach out to us. Comments at thescopeshow.com is the email address. The voicemail on, as I said, I just had a conversation with myself to make sure that you could still hit them digits. 612-21-SCOPE. That is 612-217-2673. Adam. <laughs> oh, what a feeling. He's doing Lionel Richie He's right dancing now. dancing <laughs> on the ceiling. <laughs> you can slide into our DMs over on our uh, Facebook or our Twitter those links are over at our website, thescopeshow.com. Still sporting its uh, 2008 look. I'm just guessing on what the year it was last updated. I mean, Jared, the content updates, Jared, the website we itself. Ha- I mean, we've wasted all of pandemic. We, the entire pandemic, we've had an opportunity to update yeah. that website. We certainly didn't get to We're it. We're going to have but a conversation about that this week. I think we could do it in a weekend if we just put ourselves to it and that's and maybe that's you trip. could set up a table in your basement and i could just sit there make some space for me and i'll rock i'll cheer you on all right done obviously we have some we have some tough conversations to have offline to figure this stuff out for you we're a little edgy meanwhile adam is just me. moving himself about the frame <laughs> these are the if you're not watching the video of this on youtube you're missing out on the quality content oh. That That's Adam just, is I, producing. I, just, I didn't know we were still doing <laughs> that. So. He's having his own little uh, show down there. Anyway, uh, if you want to keep the train rolling, I mean, obviously it rolls at its own pace, just like Adam rolls across the bottom <laughs> of the screen <laughs> on the video version of this show. <laughs> Patreon.com slash the scope show where you can uh, financially support the show. Or if you're shopping at Amazon, we still have that, that link that um, I can't promise that your money will come to us, but 
something happens when you enter that magical porter portal of Amazon and you just you're maybe you're buying TP, maybe you're buying some uh I don't know what you're buying over there. Who knows? It's pandemic times. Uh, I buy whatever you, you need to get by. Yeah? Lawnmower filter or air filters. Lawnmower sure. air filters. Whatever you need to do, that is the scopeshow.com slash Amazon. There is a link there that will transport you away to the number one retailer in the entire world, and you will stuff some dollars into Jeff Bezos's pocket for sure. I don't know what might fall out, what change might just land on the ground as he's walking down the street to get a, a frappuccino or something. That might whisk its way through the internet to us. He's I not, can't he's promise you that. He's not getting a frappuccino. He's getting like fresh baby's blood or something like that. He's the, he's the true conspiracist. Anyway, that is that has been my time. Thank you. Wow. Tip your waitress. Wow, the, the pandemic has sort of slowed down your delivery a little bit, Jared. You're very deliberate. I kind of like it. It's a it's a it's a Wednesday thing. I think it's middle of the week, Wednesday evening. I get a little bit quieter. Adam's just showing us the <laughs> wizard's highlights now. I, I think that's what's going on here. I like it. Uh, Adam, the I show like what's the, going on. The show in the show is more entertaining than the show. You gotta stick around to the end, folks. That's where the fun stuff happens. I'm drinking just pure grain alcohol. Adam's got whiskey. <laughs> pure. And I've got this. Oh, water. here, I can fix this. All right. There we go. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this sucker up, Jared. Adam, Jared, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for our special guest. And guess what? We've got more scope coming soon. So until then, bye for now. Ladies and gentlemen, we find ourselves once again at the end. I hope you've enjoyed our time together. I know I have. Fear not, Scope Faithful. Days shall pass as if they were but a moment. And Jared, Adam, and Shane will return with another thrilling episode. Until then, send your comments to comments at thescopeshow.com or leave a voicemail message by dialing 612-21-SCOPE. Thanks for listening, faithful fans. This is Tony Partington saying, Das Vidanya. Tune in next time to another terrific edition of The Scope. Speaking of Das Vidanya.